1: I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. and Go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell.
2: It's the Monday after the first week of the NFL regular season. We have two more games tonight, Monday Night Football. But the lion's share of football for week one is in the books. It's been played. And now we get to overreact. Of course, everyone has been overreacting to a lot of the results from Sunday's action. Welcome in to At the Window here on Zumo TV, on Sports TV, Zumo channel 719. I'm Sean Samakia. What a great day of action. It was it's almost like Christmas morning. Sunday, NFL week one. You've waited so long for real football as we like to say. That's the, the new catchy word, real football, because preseason doesn't exactly do it anymore in the, for football. But, you know, you have college football, so it's not exactly like we've been without football uh, for that much. But NFL football, finally, the results matter. I mean, we had Thursday night. We Packers, Bears, which was horrible. It was just an awful game. What a performance. How did you do in your bets? Did you have the Steelers plus five and a half against the Patriots? Not looking good there. Did you have the Philadelphia Eagles against the Redskins? What was it? Minus 10. ten? Uh, don't You don't look good there, right? Who else? What other big bets? Oh, the Cleveland Browns. What, minus 5.5, minus 6.5 against the Titans? Oh, well, uh, yeah, that's not working out well for you as well yesterday. And how about the Giants? You have them plus 7 against the Cowboys, right? Always play uh, the, the Cowboys tough in Dallas. Uh, not looking good there, but... Hopefully you had some better bets. How about Indianapolis plus six and a half, lost by six, you win there. Um, if you had Buffalo against the Jets, they win by one. The, the the Bills were underdogs in there by three, two and a half. Some places you look good there. So hopefully you place the right bets and you're in the money after one week in the NFL with two more weeks, uh, two games to go tonight, which we will preview. We'll preview. Houston Texans against the New Orleans Saints, Denver Broncos against the Oakland Raiders. That is coming up. Mike Meltzer, Houston sports personality, will join me a little bit later to get the Texans kind of preview against the Saints. But let's get in. Let's get into it, right? Patriots look like world beaters yesterday. I mean, 33 to 3 against the Steelers. Brady, three touchdown passes. And now they're going to add Antonio Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. It's up to the Chiefs to stop them in the AFC. That's the way I'm looking at it, after just week one. Um, But we'll get more into that with overreactions coming up later. Danny will join me. Producer Danny will join me, and we'll have some fun with gross overreactions after just one week uh, of football, one game of football. But how about those Buffalo Bills? Yeah, I got to get into the Buffalo Bills. Jets up 16 to nothing. Right In the third quarter, if you were on FanDuel Sportsbook and you're live betting this game, the Bills at one point were plus 1,100. It went down to plus 800 there shortly. But you had some great value. 16-3, Bills were down. You could still take the Bills on the money line. Like I said, they were plus 1,100 at one point on the money line against the New York Jets. Now, you're thinking, oh, crazy, right? Because the, the, the Bills at that point looked bleak. It looked bleak offensively. But remember, it's a rivalry game. And the Jets' offense was horrid last year, uh, yesterday, against the Buffalo Bills. Really good defense. Not a crazy bet. And no place kicker for the New York Jets. They, they weren't going to kick any more field goals and even extra points if the Jets were lucky enough to get a touchdown and drive the length of the field. That wasn't gonna, uh, was going to be an, an adventure. They were going to go for two. Anyway, like they did um, against uh, the Bills with Le'Veon Bell catching the two-point conversion. So they had no kicking game. All right, so it was a, small, a smart play. Put a little money on it, as I did uh, with the Buffalo Bills coming back and winning 17-16. to 16. Big play of the game was, of course, Singletary, four rushes for 70 yards in the second half. Josh Allen played much better, overcoming the four turnovers in the first half against the New York Jets. And C.J. Mosley, the middle linebacker, the quarterback of the defense for the Jets, going out with that groin injury really helped uh, with the Bills' Coming back and winning that game, but tough loss for the Jets at home. And when you think of the win totals going into the year, right, or, or the odds for the Jets and the Bills to make the playoffs, the very similar teams going into the year. A big win for the Bills, a big win to to make the playoffs and to uh, be the second place team, if you will, to the Patriots in the AFC East. Because let's let's face it, after yesterday and watching the Patriots just dismantle the Pittsburgh Steelers we already knew the Patriots were going to be good but after they just destroyed the Steelers 33 to 3 and now they're they're adding Antonio Brown it's kind of tough to see anyone competing with the Patriots in the AFC other than other than the Kansas City Chiefs okay that's not right off the Kansas City Chiefs they can challenge the Patriots in the AFC other than them those two teams Who else do you see coming out of the AFC? The Baltimore Ravens? We'll get to them uh, a little bit later on. Uh, Houston Texans, we'll see what they do tonight. They play the New Orleans Saints. We'll see what they look like with uh, Larry Tunsell in the fold. uh, Kenny Stills in the fold. No, Jadavion Clowney, of course, but we'll reserve judgment on the Texans until after tonight's game one. But right now, if I'm a betting man, and yes, I am a betting man, it's either the Patriots or the Chiefs. In the AFC. Jacksonville Jaguars, tough break. a team I thought was a dark horse uh, in the um, AFC. Not to beat the Patriots too much or or the Kansas City Chiefs, but that third, maybe the third or fourth team in the AFC. And losing Nick Foles hurts a great deal. He's on IR now, designated to return. He will miss anywhere from six to eight weeks with shoulder surgery. So he's out. Gardner Minshew is in the rookie, the second. Gardner Minshew, the second. In uh, the rookie from Washington State, he is in. um, Played well against the Chiefs defense. Played well. Uh, How much you can rely on him going forward, it's either Gardner Minshew or Josh Dobbs, who they traded for today. Uh, They traded with Pittsburgh Steelers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, so they have Josh Dobbs now in case Gardner Minshew Kind of um, takes a step back, or is not what they expect. But I mean, how much faith do you have in Josh Dobbs? I, I don't. I mean, he hasn't really played since he was at Tennessee, uh, so we'll see. Uh, Tennessee College, we'll see what what he can provide and what Gardner Minshew can do going forward. But losing Nick Foles, and it's not he's not out for the year, but for eight weeks at the very least, is a tough blow for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And playing Kansas City Week One's a tough blow as well. All right, up next, we will look at the overreactions all across. America to week one in the National Football League. That's next here on At the Window on the Sports Grid TV Network.
0: to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435, 888-400-0435, andro400.com.
4: What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates?
5: Eight hundred nine six one thirty six thirty one. 961 3631 Eight hundred nine six one three six three one. 3631 961 3631 961
0: 3631 The Morning Line. It
1: seems like the New England Patriots understand you need playmakers while the rest of the league... Yeah, They don't know what to do with
6: themselves. But bigger
1: problem there for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers is that they've got to recoup. They've got to uh, they've got to somehow figure out how they are going to compete against the
0: Baltimore Ravens. Weekday, 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on Zumo TV, channel 719.
2: We're back here on At the Window on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Sean Guasamakia. It's Overreaction Monday, right? It's the Monday after the first week in the National Football League. So, let's have some fun, shall we? And here's a segment I like to call Believe It or Not. Sean G's Believe It or Not. After the first week last year, the Saints lost 48-40 to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Everyone was quick to write off the Saints and Drew Brees and look towards the future. Well... How'd that work out? Saints were a blown call away from the Super Bowl. The L.A. Rams were the beneficiaries of that blown call by the refs, and they went to the Super Bowl to, you know, face the Patriots, and they put up that stinker (laughs) 13-3 against the Patriots. How about the reverse, right? The Kansas City Chiefs last year, Pat Mahomes' first start of his second year, he started one game his rookie year for Alex Smith. Kansas City, 38 points they put up on the Chargers. Pat Mahomes, four TD passes. Hey, that, that was what we saw the, the rest of the year. So it was not um, uh, an overreaction. The Kansas City Chiefs were legit last year uh, after one game, or at least it showed us a glimpse of the team they were later in the year. They were... Lights out offense. Pat Mahomes, the NFL MVP, he proved it week one last year with four TD passes against the L.A. Chargers, and the Chiefs were legit. So, with that being said, let's look at some of the teams and some of the results from this year's week one, and I'll tell you whether or not I believe in the team or not. I like to call it Sean G's Believe It or Not, and here is producer Danny. Danny, fire away.
7: Hey, Sean. Yep, what's up? I love that video. So, uh, Cleveland Browns lose at home to the Tennessee Titans, uh, 43-13. Cleveland Browns are in for a long season, believe it or not.
2: Not. I do not believe that. Yes, it was horrible. 18 penalties in the game for the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield was off three interceptions. 43 points they gave up to the Tennessee Titans at home, Remember, the Cleveland Browns, and it's a crazy stat, since they they were welcomed back into the NFL in 1999, they have just one win, one win opening week of the NFL season. Just one opener. They have won since they've come back to the National Football League in 1999. That was in 2004. In the last 20 openers, one eighteen 18 and one. That one tie was last year to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 21 all. So... And and Cleveland won seven games last year. I think we are way, way too quick to write off this Cleveland Browns football team. Do I think they are going to win the division? No, I still think the Steelers will win the division. We'll get to the Steelers in just a minute. I didn't think the Browns were going to make the playoffs coming into the year. But right now, to throw them under the bus after just one game is a little too far for me. Look, I think it's because people hate Baker Mayfield, and rightfully so. The guy opens his mouth. He's a punk. He's a thug. Whatever you want to call him, right? Calling out Daniel Jones. He called out the the New York Giants and and the New York fans here. Uh, And and he'll have a chance to uh, play against the Jets coming up on Monday night, next Monday Night Football, and we'll see what he's all about. But to write them off, for the people who were on the Browns to begin, to write them off just after one game and to call them all busts, I don't believe it. So not, I do not believe in that. Next, Lamar Jackson, empty
6: backfield of the shotgun. Looking to throw. Has time. Going deep down the middle. He's got Snead in the end zone. Touchdown. Willie Snead on the receiving end. And the Ravens, four for four possessions and touchdowns.
7: All right. So Ravens, 59-10 over the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson, five touchdown passes. Lamar Jackson's passing game will improve much this season. Believe it or not.
2: Not. I do not believe it. I don't and primarily because it came against one of the worst teams in the National Football League. Yes, the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I. that's not an overreaction. They are horrible, 59-10. to 10. The Ravens scored 42 points in the first half, franchise record. They were rolling it up. I am not taking anything away from this game other than the Dolphins are the worst team in the National Football League. Look, they're tanking. They won't admit it, Brian Flores. And the Miami uh, Dolphins organization, they've gotten rid of a lot of talent. Larry Tunsell, Kenny Stills, Cameron Wake. Before that, this team is not going to compete. They'll be lucky to win one or two games this season. Lamar Jackson looked great, and he did what he had to do against a bad team. And that is, he put up the passing numbers that we want to see. We all know he could run the football. He was 6-1 and as a starter last year when he took over for Joe Flacco. Ravens made the playoffs. They were awful in the playoff game, primarily because they made Lamar Jackson a pocket passer. Now, fast forward week one, five touchdown passes, over 300 yards passing. Lamar Jackson, he's a, he's a much-improved thrower. Relax, relax on that. No, I do not believe it. I need to see more from Lamar Jackson throwing before I believe that. So, no, no. I do not believe in Lamar Jackson, much-improved thrower.
1: Next. Josh Allen alone in the backfield takes
5: the snap. Looks down the middle. Looks left. Looks for John Brown. Gets
1: separation. Makes the catch at the 10. Into the end zone. Touchdown. There's a flag on the play. Touchdown,
7: Buffalo. All right, Bills 17-16 winners over the Jets. Adam Gase and the Jets blow a 16-0 lead in the second half. Adam Gase and the Jets' offense.
2: Well, and that's the question mark. Will it struggle? <laughs> Is it right? Believe it or not. Well, yeah. Will it struggle or will, Danny, will it uh, improve as the season goes along? Well, I say the New York Jets offense, believe it. You know, I, I was high on Adam Gates coming into the year. I was high on the Jets. But now, and I always said, the, it's going to tell us a lot the winner of the Buffalo Bills-New York Jets game. And I know what you're saying. Oh, come on. The Bills should have lost the game. The Jets blew it. it was, they just won 17-6. to Listen to this. Josh Allen, as I, as I uh, talked about in the open, four turnovers, four turnovers. Allen was awful in the first half. Hey, I couldn't even get a um, snap from the center, Mitch Morris. Okay, and the Jets were lucky to pick one off and run it back. It was just this lucky deflection off of Cole Beasley's forearm, and that's Josh Allen for you, inaccurate. Okay, CJ Mosley took it back to the house. They were fortunate to get those points, six points. They did nothing, nothing other than that. Okay, and going into the second half, Buffalo Bills made the adjustments, ran the football more, and it was helped as I mentioned because CJ Mosley was out. But it's the Buffalo Bills proved. What a lot of people already knew, right? Great defense, and they have a chance to have a really special defense. That's what I took away. But that being said, the Jets, you're at home opener. You're gifted six points off of the touchdown. you got to show more offensively. What is going on there? I mean, Darnold didn't look great. Adam Gase play call on spotty there. So right now, yes, the offense will struggle. Believe it for the New York Jets. Next. Wide, wide open. Come up to our set. Big night for him.
5: Touchdown. 58 yards. Kind of a floating snap, but that didn't deter Tom. One iota. And off he goes. Two touchdowns
2: for Dorsett tonight.
7: Patriots 33-3, winners over the Steelers. Pittsburgh will struggle to make the playoffs, believe it or not. Believe it. Um,
2: yeah, uh, I'm a little bit of a fraud with, with, with the Browns and everybody, right? I, I like the Steelers in the division. But they'll struggle, and that division's not great. They'll struggle, but they'll make the playoffs, okay? So, yes, believe it, they'll struggle to make the playoffs. You don't, I mean, yeah, the Patriots are the best team in the AFC, along with the Chiefs, but they're, they're clearly number one, and the Chiefs could possibly rival them, but I still like the Patriots. But what they showed last night, I mean, they couldn't even score a touchdown Against the Patriots. And this is a team coming into the year, Steelers, right? We all like, oh, Juju, don't worry. He's going to take over for Antonio Brown. James Conner proved last year he's, he could uh, fill in for Le'Veon Bell, got a solid offensive line. Devin Bush is going to make all the, all the difference in the uh, defense. No, well, I mean, I believe that, you know, they have some problems to work out in Tomlin. where are you kicking a field goal down, down big in the second half? Got to score a touchdown there. Got to go for the touchdown there. So yes, believe it, but I do think, I do think the Steelers will ultimately make the playoffs, but they'll struggle to get there in that division. Maybe an eight win team and not maybe a double digit win team like I thought. All right, that'll do it for believe it or not for this week. Coming up next, Michigan struggling with Army. I didn't see that coming. We'll look at the week number two in college football.
0: Game time decisions.
1: I was kind of bullish on tap. I think Arians can do some nice things. We talk about that staff that they have with Bruce Arians, with Byron Leftwich, and with uh with Todd Bowles. Some quality coaching uh, that they have that can connect with players, they're good with connecting with players. You know, it's just a, a well-balanced, all around, good staff. From Bowles, to a hell of a coach, defensive coach. Byron Leftwich been a quarterback and relate to Winston, and Arians is the old school hard ass guy that's uh that's respected. Weekdays, 5
0: to 7 p.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on Sumo TV, channel 719.
2: Guys, you hear us talking about DailyRoto.com, a lineup optimizer, and what a great tool it is for making money. You also hear us and bring on Drew Dinkmeyer. You hear him all the time on this network, on the SportsGrid TV network, talking about how he uses that tool to make money. Well, after the majority of the week one action, Drew did just that. Drew Dinkmeyer... And DailyRoto.com with the lineup optimizer once again took down DFS tournament, this time for $100,000 over at FanDuel. Now, you're thinking, all right, well, how can I get in on that? Well, you can. You can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament, setting their lineups using the DailyRoto DFS lineup optimizer, or join the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS like Drew Dinkmeyer using that DailyRoto.com and the DFS Optimizer tool. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto, you're doing it wrong, sign up now for the NFL annual pass with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS, projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount right now. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Congratulations to Drew Dinkmeyer and daily roto for taking down another DFS tournament this time for a hundred thousand dollars. So get in on that. What, what amazing. We had him on Friday on the morning after with Gabe Morenzi and Joe Ranieri. And he was, he was giving you the winners. He was giving you some winners, at least if you pay attention, we'll be back on this network. He's on a lot. Check your, your check into every show and follow us on Twitter um, and on Sports Grid, You can check us up, out on Twitter for when he's on because he gives you some great advice when you're playing DFS fantasy sports. All right, back to uh, just just real quick update on the betting lines for tonight, uh, two Monday night football games. Houston Texans at the New Orleans Saints. We'll get the Houston Texans uh, side of things coming up with Mike Meltzer is coming up next segment. Uh, right now, favorite Saints, six and a half. This is on FanDuel Sportsbook. On the Monday line, minus 280, 52-and-a-half is the total. Texans plus 235 on the money line. I'm going to wait for the in-game betting on this game. See, uh, I want to see the Texans play first a couple of series. I want to see the New Orleans Saints. We know what the Saints are, though. But I want to see if the Texans can hang with it. Um, we'll see if the spread uh, goes down a little bit. Um, then I'll jump all over it. But I, I, I definitely recommend that. Uh, but I'm anxious to see what the Texans are all about. Right now, if, if I have a lean, it's definitely Texans minus six and a half to cover the the, the touchdown spread. Um, but the Texans, you could surprise this year. Uh, they're all in, right? Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. Now they have Laramie Tuntle Upgrade that horrible offensive line. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's one tackle. Let's not overreact, but it's an improvement over what they did have. All right, we know they could score defensively. Uh Let's see if they can hang with the New Orleans Saints. All right, second game, Denver Broncos at the Oakland Raiders, that's at 10:15 p.m. Eastern time. Broncos two and a half point favorites, minus 154 on the money line. Are the Broncos plus 134 on the money line for the Raiders? 42 and a half is your total. Fade the to Raiders right now. And no, Antonio Brown. Derek Carr needs to needed that weapon in order to be more successful this season. Did not go well for him last year. Gruden yelling down his throat. Josh Jacobs anxious to see what he could bring but he's just a rookie. Gruden's still the coach. Will that offense improve at all from last year? We, we all expected it to, but now Antonio Brown's gone. What should we expect? Flacco, Vic Vangio. We know that defense is going to come to play. Vic Vangio, now new head coach. Chicago, he was the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears last year, number one overall defense. They have some talent. Von Miller's there. Bradley Chubb is there on the defensive line. Vangio will find ways to, to bring the pressure on Derek Carr and Derek Carr needs to get that football out and needs to throw it deep. Stop checking down all the time. Just let it go. If it's an interception, fine. Got to spread the ball around and throw it deep on a couple of occasions. Stop checking down. Um, We'll see what uh, Josh Jacobs can do. Now, Joe Flacco back in a new offense. He's away from Marty Mordenweg, finally. Uh, He's OC with the Ravens for all all that time. See what he can do. I mean, no offense. Will he bring anything? Rookie, his teammate TJ Hawkinson, Went out, went off. He showed off for the Lions with over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown pass, showing what he did at Iowa last year. While well, his team was Noah offense, who's a great receiver in his own right, first-round pick, Flacco sh- will look for him in or the red zone. Bet on that. Let's see if they can move the football with Royce Freeman and Phil Blinsey on the ground. I like the, the Broncos right now, but 2.5 is it's a pick of more for, for me. Right, 2.5 scares me a little bit, but... Uh, Broncos uh, on the money line would not be a bad play uh, tonight in that second Monday night game. All right, we'll get more into that game uh, later on. We'll, we'll ask Mike, Smelter, Mike Meltzer his take on that as well. But how about college football? Week three is looking at the, the games coming up this weekend. You have Oklahoma at UCLA. I mean, Kansas State at Mississippi State. I mean, it's really not a great schedule it's really it's awful actually it's not a lot going on what is Ohio State and Indiana that's like your noon your big noon game uh, on Fox Sports on Fox uh, TV Uh, that's the best they could come up with I mean it's it's really it's a light schedule in college football we'll get into that in the lines later on this week but how'd you do in in week number two Army. How about Army? I was dead wrong about that. Did not think a Michigan would struggle. But the refs did blow a call there. Josh Metellus had a touchdown return for a touchdown. They ruled his knee was down. It was not. They blew it. Michigan would have been up 14-7, and the game would have changed from there because Michigan um, uh, and, and Army, more importantly, playing from behind. They don't throw the football. They just run the, run the football. It would have changed the whole game. But that being said, Army proved they could hang with a Power 5 team last year when they played Oklahoma to overtime. That Oklahoma team, they only went on to win the Big 12 and go to the college football playoff, okay? They escaped, and so is that what we can expect from the Michigan Wolverines, right? All right, so they struggled with, with Army, not the first Power 5 team, highly rated Power 5 team to struggle. A couple of differences. First of all, Lincoln Riley was a proven play caller Right, when they struggled with Army last season, having Baker Mayfield winning the Heisman in his back pocket and the uh, OC for Bob Stoops the years before. Michigan has a new offensive coordinator calling plays for the first time in Josh Gattis and Shea Patterson at quarterback. And for, for forever, Shea, Shea Patterson, five-star recruit, IMG Academy, has not proved that in college. He has not, and he's, he looked horrible on Saturday against Army. But credit Army for playing their style of football. But to think that this Michigan team right now is better than Ohio State in the Big Ten. And I was one of, them, one of those who thought that. And I'm not giving up on Michigan by any means. But right now they have to go out there and their next opponent, they're off this week, Wisconsin at home, number 14 Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor and that offense coming in to the big house. They got need to prove it that they could. Open up this offense. Open it up. Let's see what it is. Right now, it doesn't. It looks ugly. I mean, Shea Patterson needs to spread the football around, and they need Donovan Peoples-Jones back, their slot receiver. They definitely need him back. I can't believe I'm saying that, but they need him back. Michigan's struggling to run the football. I mean, the, just the play calling just boggles my mind. They just kept running the football, even though they were just getting two, three at best yards and putting them in third and long situations, and Shea Patterson proved – that he couldn't get them out of the that those situations. Fortunate to survive. At one point, I had mentioned it plus eleven hundred um, uh, for Michigan um, on the money line. No, Michigan was plus one hundred. I took my plus one hundred. Uh, plus eleven hundred was Buffalo Bill. Sorry, uh, plus one hundred on the money line. Uh, it, it wasn't really higher than that. So even the boys, uh, the public was not high on Army defeating the Michigan Wolverines. That's as high as it was, plus 100 on the money line for the Michigan Wolverines. And that was when they were down 14-7 to 7 to the Army Black Knights. But uh, other games, LSU and Texas, I was all over this game, all over the total, 57.5, well over that. Uh, LSU's offense and Joe Burrow. they could just, they did whatever they wanted against the Texas Longhorns. Texas, give them credit. They battled back. And uh, Sam Ellinger, they, they put up points in this one, but LSU convincingly won this game. And now it sets up for the showdown with the Crimson Tide with Alabama, uh, LSU. That's going to be a huge game in November, first week in November. SEC West, those are the two teams, uh, the class of the SEC West, in my opinion. How about Texas AM? They traveled to Death Valley. There were 16 point dogs, somewhere 17 point dogs. Well, Clemson did not cover. They only won by 14, 24 to 10. And that's thanks to a fourth and goal with like 10 seconds left. Jimbo Fisher really wanted that touchdown. It was 24 to three. Kellen Mons struggled surprisingly, had 430 yards passing, three touchdowns in last year's matchup against Clemson. And Clemson won the national t- uh, title, but that was in College Station. Different, different result. In Death Valley, Kellen Mond struggled, and Clemson, although they weren't world beaters on Saturday, did enough to win and control that game. But My big takeaway was Maryland Terrapins. I mean, Greg Sussman's Maryland Terrapins are putting up points like we haven't seen, 79 against Howard. And it's Howard, you're like, all right, FCS opponent, all right, let's relax. Syracuse comes in, 63, and they were unstoppable. Now, a lot of that had to do with Syracuse and Tommy DeVito being atrocious and just awful, but that's a good Syracuse defense that they played. But they couldn't be stopped. Maryland couldn't be stopped. I mean, so that's a team I'm on now going forward. They're for real, and they're ranked now in the top 25. What does Syracuse look like? Well, now they have to play Clemson at the Carrier Dome. The opening line's 27.5. Clemson's favored by 27.5. I'll wait uh, until it comes down later on in the week, or it might might even go up. So if you believe this in the Syracuse Orange to bounce back and make it a competitive game, you know, the turf in the the Dome, tough place to play, jump all over that line. I think it's just going to go up from here. Uh, Clemson going to Syracuse might be a smart play right now to have Syracuse plus 27.5, but I think it'll go up um, to even maybe 30.5, so I I wouldn't play that yet. But after Syracuse laying that stinker, and with Tommy DeVito, that offense can't do anything. Um. Yeah, I definitely fade Syracuse right now. Um, we all thought going into the year, all right, Clemson, Texas A&M is going to be a tough game, but also, Syracuse is not an easy win, especially after how they played them in Death Valley last year. I don't know anymore. I, I, I you know I'm a little uh, surprised by that result. I'll, we'll get more into college football tomorrow and look at some Week Three lines. But up next. Monday Night Football, Houston Texans at the New Orleans Saints. We'll look at that game with Mike Meltzer, Houston sports personality. That's next here on At the Window on the Sports Grid TV Network.
3: Someone is searching your name or business online. What will they find? Do you have negative search results online? Do you have false accusations, records from a legal situation, or bad press from your past? To reclaim your reputation, call one 888 Delete or visit GuaranteedRemovals.com. That's 1-888-933-3538 or visit GuaranteedRemovals.com. If there is any negative information about you online, GuaranteedRemovals.com will permanently delete it for you. That's right, it is possible to remove negative content from the internet. And GuaranteeRemovals.com is the only company focusing on permanently deleting negative online content. We have successfully removed over 10,000 links, including news articles, arrest records, legal documents, business complaints, blogs, pictures, videos, and more. We offer a no-money-upfront guarantee. You don't pay until your online content is removed. Call 1-888-WE-DELETE to talk to our dedicated specialists who are here to assist you. That's 1-888-933-3538 or GuaranteedRemovals.com.
6: The sun can make your outdoor deck and patio space so hot and uncomfortable, you can't use it. But now there's the Sunsetter Retractable Awning. A Sunsetter Retractable Awning opens and closes in just 60 seconds, and it keeps your patio about 20 degrees cooler. It provides instant shade and protection from the sun's harmful rays. You can get your Sunsetter for as little as five ninety nine when you call now to get your special $200 discount certificate and free awning idea kit you're going to love your sunset retractable awning
2: Back here on At the Window on the Sports Grid TV network, Zumo TV, channel 719. I am Sean Guasamacchia. Uh, just a quick note uh, Lynn Swan has resigned as USC Trojans AD. And this after USC won a big game on Saturday against Stanford. They're ranked in the top 25. So he was much um, publicized or criticized for the Clay Helton. Uh, keeping Clay Helton as the head coach and hasn't really been there that long. Former great Hall of Fame receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you remember him from Monday Night Football. He was a sideline reporter, uh, distinguished career um, in the National Football League and in uh, his post uh, career with uh, the media and what have you. And so that that that's interesting. We'll see uh, what happens with that job going forward. And you know Clay Helton's job was already on the line, but this can't be good for for his future there. Uh, as the head coach of the USC Trojans. Got to win, baby. Just got to win. And he's doing that. Uh, lost JT Daniels, but this kid uh, that they have a quarterback now, the true freshman might be uh, someone who saves his job. Um, other thing, we'll get to Mike Meltzer in a minute. Um, the NFL has fined Odell Beckham Jr. for the wearing his cleats um, Three hundred and fifty grand. That's a lot of money i um, so surprised about that. But without further ado, I welcome in Houston sports personality. He is Mike Meltzer. Mike, thanks for the time, man. How's it going? All right, we'll, we'll check Mike's connection. We'll get back to him in just a second. As we'll talk about the Houston Texans, New Orleans Saints. That's coming up the first of two Monday Night Football games. We're used to this now. There's always two uh, the first week of the NFL season. That's because they don't play a game. Uh, the last week of the year on Monday night, ESPN pays for 17 games. And also they get to in week number one, and it's a lot of fun. It, it, so now you have football to like one 30 Eastern time in the morning. And that's always a good thing. So I love that. Um, we'll hopefully get connected with Mike. Want to ask him about this uh, Houston Texans defensive line uh, without J- Jadavion Clowney. And of course the offensive line with Laramie Tunsil and what, what we can expect Carlos Hyde. Now the new running back uh, there and, Um, how they match up with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, They're six-and-a-half-point dogs. We'll get into it with Mike Meltzer uh, shortly. Okay, baseball real quick. Yankees. uh, The Yankees win 10-5 over the Red Sox, and that's a big story. But the news after the game, Dave Dombrowski out as head of baseball operations for the Boston Red Sox. I didn't see that coming. One year after winning the World Series, that's an overreaction from the hierarchy with the – Boston, Red Sox, John Henry, and and those guys, Um, I I think Dombrowski, he's done a great job there as uh, the GM, the head of baseball ops, winning the World Series. Gone? I mean, I know they've struggled this year, but you're going to blame everything. I mean, the guy just won the World Series. He brought in Alex Cora, or at least we like to believe he did. Maybe it was the analytical department up there and it, with the hierarchy there in, in Boston. But that was surprising to see the Red Sox pulling the plug on Dombrowski. And why make the move now? There's a, a little bit over three weeks left in the season. Just let him finish out the year and then make the move. I, what, what advantage do you have with making that move now? So uh, that was a little surprising. Uh, Danny, do we have Mike Meltzer? Hello. Hey, hey, Mike, you there?
4: I am, yes. Hello. Good hey. afternoon.
2: Well, what's going on? Thanks for the time. Sorry about the technical difficulties there. Uh, we'll get into the Texans, but I know you're a proud Syracuse alum. What happened on Saturday against this, this Maryland football team? I, I didn't see that coming. I, I was just shocked at, at how Maryland just kept scoring on a good Syracuse defense.
4: Yeah, I, was, I wasn't shocked that Syracuse lost the game. Obviously, the point spread was, was close going in. I, I have to admit... Uh, I I wasn't necessarily all that optimistic heading into this season, which I know might sound weird for a program. They were ranked going into the game,
2: though, Mike. Yeah, yeah.
4: They were. They were. I just kind of felt like anytime Syracuse has expectations, I just always feel like the roster at a place like Syracuse is usually not deep enough to where I can be all that confident going in. I wonder about this quarterback, DeVito, who has not played well through two games. Right, right, And so that was one issue, obviously. And the defense, yeah, I was surprised at how horrendous the defense was. But when you look at Maryland, I mean, it seems like they have a pretty good quarterback and the kid who transferred from Tech. They have yep. some weapons Josh on the Jackson. outside. Yep. And, yeah, and it seems like Mike Loxley has been doing so far early a, a very good job. So I was surprised by the margin, obviously. And I think Syracuse will eventually get it, get it uh, together. Probably not this week against Clemson. Uh, So I was not shocked by the loss. I was surprised by how much they got blown out. I do think for a team like Syracuse, uh, starting on the road twice, even though the first game is against an easier opponent, I think is not a great situation personally.
2: Yeah, maybe I should be more surprised with the offense for Maryland than... uh... Syracuse laying an egg there. I maybe you're right. You know because uh, that's fair. Yeah, I mean Josh Jackson, he looks great at quarterback, and like you he said, does. Loxley, maybe he learned a thing or two being the OC at Alabama. All right, I, I, enough about college football, but I know you're a Syracuse guy. I wanted to ask you about that. Um, Texans tonight. All right, how much are they improved on the offensive line with Laramie Tunsil? Is it enough to protect Deshaun Watson for this whole year and going up against the Saints front? Uh, can they at least hold them at bay to give Watson time to get the ball down the field?
4: That's a great question, and I wish I had a direct answer, but I think we're all going to find out tonight. And that's not a cop-out. It's just the reality of, you know, here's the thing about the Texans' offensive line. Uh, Obviously, they've invested tremendously into it now with, you know, three first-round picks, the equivalent of between what they've invested in Laramie Tunstall and what they've invested in Titus Howard, who I think is going to play left guard next to Laramie Tunstall tonight. But here's what we all know as football fans about offensive lines. Uh, Continuity is a big deal, and these guys have had no continuity. They just got Laramie Tunsil literally nine days ago. Coaches and executives are always preaching about how, you know, the practices mean a lot, the OTAs mean a lot. Well, Laramie Tunsil hasn't had that. Now, he is, by all accounts, a really good football player. So the Texans are going to have a good player at left tackle versus what would have been, I think, a disaster in Matt Khalil. I think that should help out. But I don't know how these guys are going to work together. I don't know if they're going to be able to run the football tonight because they have questions with both offensive line continuity and the running backs who are also new in both Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde. And, oh, by the way, the Saints, it's going to be very loud. That's going to be an issue at the Superdome tonight. That's an issue with an offensive line that has had no continuity. And by the way, another thing to add on to this is the Texans have what I think is a ticking time bomb at right tackle, Chantrell Henderson, who has been neither A, healthy, B, good throughout his entire NFL career. Now with Jeremy Tunsil, at least they can give Chantrell Henderson more help on the right side. But I think this offensive line, while there is a lot of hope for it, I think on such a short turnaround, there's a huge question about how consistently they can protect Deshaun Watson. And I don't think anybody has the answer up until kickoff tonight and then we see what happens.
2: Mike, I, I'm a Bills fan. I know all about Trell Henderson. Um, he had his struggles yep. in Buffalo, and then he, he was away from football for a while. So, yeah, I mean that's tough when he's your right tackle. But Tunsell does help things out. And you said you're not confident they can run the football with Collis Hyde and Duke Johnson. So uh, you expect to see a lot more of Duke Johnson and the passing game, tonight because he's like the, the uh, catch, catch catching back right he's going to catch the ball more than yep. Carlos hide so and you see Watson in the shotgun and just trying to air it out trying to keep up and score points uh with the, the Saints is that the, the game plan here what do you expect from Bill O'Brien tonight I,
4: I would think that if they get themselves into a shootout then they have to open things up which may not be the worst thing in the world anyway and I think another fascinating angle to this game is uh, one thing the, tech, the Texans got at Laramie Tunsley was also obviously getting Kenny Stills, right. which I think is a big deal because Will Fuller has been injury-prone. Kiki QT has been injury-prone. But as far as tonight goes, another interesting angle to this is Kiki QT is a game-time decision. If Kiki plays and he is healthy, I don't, for me, and people nationally might think this is a crazy statement, I think DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Kiki QT – could be the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. That is how highly I think of their ability. You add in Kenny Stills, I think that can be the best, uh, uh, I guess, uh, what is it, quadrants, whatever, receivers in the NFL, <laughs> yeah. whatever the word is for four. Uh, I don't know if Kiki's going to play, but I, that's going to be an interesting subplot. You know, Deshaun Watson, if you look up at the numbers that Deshaun has put up when Will Fuller has been on the field and healthy, that duo has been a deadly combination and so I'm very curious to see if the offensive line holds up and they can protect Deshaun, what kind of magic they can make indoors in a dome with those kind of, with those kind of receivers against the Saints' defense.
2: Well, Mike, I would have uh, agreed with you a, maybe a little bit on that trio of receivers had it not been for Antonio Brown signing with the Patriots. I mean, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, and Antonio Brown's pretty. that's a pretty good one, two, three, right? <laughs> no doubt i just don't know i just don't know if antonio brown's head is screwed
4: on straight like True. one thing that we are lucky about in houston a lot of people the last like month or so have been like man thank god we have deandre hopkins because you want to talk about a guy who doesn't stay a lot and just produces and produces no off-field drama like antonio brown uh deandre hopkins is that guy
2: all right how does the, how do the texans stop the offense uh, michael thomas drew Brees. Uh, Alvin Kamara, what can they do defensively, the Texans, without Jadavion Clowney now, of course, and, and try not not stop, but at least you know limit the amount of points the Saints can score?
4: This, is the, this question is why I expect the Saints, the Saints to win this game, because they'll be playing at home, obviously. I'm sure it'll be a raucous environment, and I don't trust the Texans secondary to hold up against the Saints. I do think one good thing is the Saints, while a very explosive offense, they have the two-star skill guys in Michael Thomas and Kamara. Past that, like they don't have a ton of big names or names where you're like, man, I'm scared of this guy, that guy, like you might with the Patriots or the Kansas City Chiefs or the Los Angeles Rams. But what I worry about is the Texans' cornerbacks are Jonathan Joseph and Bradley Roby and Lonnie Johnson, who's a rookie, and Aaron Colvin, who was bad last season in the slot. The way I, obviously J.J. Yep. Watt, that's right. Whitney Merciless playing in his natural position. That's the only way they contain the Saints offense, is if the pass rush gets to Drew Brees consistently.
2: So you, you alluded to it. You don't think the Texans have a shot at, at winning this game, or, or at least you don't expect them to win this game. What do you expect? Well, How do you think it plays out tonight there, Mike? Well, let me, let, me put it, let me put it this way. I think they have a chance
4: to win this game yeah. because they've got Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt. But I'll put it to you this way. If the Houston Texans win this game tonight, and you can look this up to verify this, I believe this would be Bill O'Brien's most significant win. And that is not an exaggeration. Go look at the Texans, who their wins have been. And O'Brien has won 42 games in his NFL career. He has lost 38 of them. If you look at those 42 wins, there are very few of them that are of this category. Good team on the road. Right now, Bill O'Brien's best win on his resume, in my opinion, is a road game in 2015 against the Bengals on Monday night when Cincinnati was 8-0. There are not many games the Texans have won. Maybe when Jacksonville is okay on the road, I guess Indianapolis once or twice. But when you talk about games like Saints on the road Monday night football, it is not an exaggeration to say if the Texans win this game tonight, this would be O'Brien's most significant victory.
2: Well said. And you know what? You just made up my mind. I'm taking the Saints now. I was on the fence a little <laughs> bit. But uh, I think they'll cover the 6.5 spread, too. Uh, I, you know, it, It's a lot, of, a lot of points, but uh, they're laying 6.5. But after listening to you, and, and you know the team in and out, the Texans. So, uh, yep, yeah, I, I think I'm going to lean the Saints. Wow. All right. All right hopefully. I, I mean, yeah, I, go ahead. We have like 20 seconds there, Mike. I would put, yes, I would say if they
4: play like that against the Pats or the Seahawks two years ago, the Texans have a chance to pull this off. But I have my doubts.
2: Excellent. Thank you, Mike Meltzer, Houston sports personality. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Great job. Thanks a lot for the time, Mike. My pleasure. Thank you. There he is. All right. And he made up my mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking – see, the Saints at 6.5 is, is rich. I'll, I'm going to tease that down and going to going to go with the uh, over 52.5 total. Tease that down a couple of points if I can. I get that down up to like 50.5 and – The spread as well um, with the Saints But Saints going all in Saints are my pick That's my pick of the night Tonight In the National Football League And Broncos I guess But not uh, That's not my best play It's the Texans Back right after this
0: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
2: All right, we're talking about the Monday night football action. Just a uh, a refresh. Teaser, two-team teaser. Taking the Saints, minus 6.5. I'll tease it down. And then the uh, Broncos as well in the other game. Right now it's at minus 2.5. I'm going to tease it down. All right, so taking two different results. Saints and Broncos, they are my picks. Uh, The favorites going with the favorites tonight. Uh, M- Mike Meltzer made up my mind, right? No faith. Sean Charles Henderson, that's your right tackle. Look out. Look out with, with the Saints. Um, Cameron Jordan, oh, he's going to have his uh, hands uh, feasting right there on, on uh, the, the O line of the Texans. Hey, look, Larry Tunsil's an upgrade, but I don't know what else they could do there. Running the football will be tough, too, against the Saints. Saints, offensively, you, you heard Mike Meltzer, Texan secondary, suspect, rookie, plays a lot in the slot. That um, on the road in the Superdome, you know, I, I did mention the, in the Superdome uh, last year the Bucks forty-eight to forty winners in Week One against the Saints. So you know, it's not like they're unstoppable or un, you know unbeatable uh, in the Superdome. But uh, yeah, that that's my play tonight. We'll keep you updated. Just just updates. Still six and a half Saints uh, uh, minus two eighty on the mo- money line for the Saints. Uh, plus two thirty-five on Texas on the mo- money line. is the total. The second game, 10.15 p.m. Eastern time start. Denver Broncos at the Oakland Raiders. Minus 2.5. Broncos a favorite. Minus 154 on the money line for the Broncos. Plus 134 on the Raiders money line. And and 42.5 is your total. Week 2 games, the the odds are out. And just real quick, it's now 13.5. The Ravens a favorite against the Cardinals. They are at home. Interesting line. And now the... Patriots, 17-point favorites on the road against the Miami Dolphins. It was 14.5 earlier, now 17. If you were lucky enough to get it when the the odds for Week 2 before the Week 1 games came out, I think it was Friday, 9.5 the Patriots were favored to win against the Patriots. Now it's all the way up to 17. Wow, what a difference a game makes in Vegas with these odds. Minus 1,900 on the money line for the Patriots against the Dolphins week two. That's a lot. That's a lot. Alright, that will do it for At The Window on this Monday. We'll have you uh, We'll react to the Monday Night Football games on Tuesday and more college football. We'll look ahead to week three. That is tomorrow here on At The Window. Thank you for joining me. I am Sean Guasamaki.
7: We'll see you tomorrow.